Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camel wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com. And by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water at castlerock-petenwell.com. And by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center. Woodsideranch.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, we'll learn about a new program for senior men in Juneau County. Get advice on hearing protection from an audiologist and learn about a proposed program to help kids go fishing on the Great Lakes. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, presented by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. And you can find them on the web at PappasTradingPost.com. This feature you hear every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO, and you can catch it anytime at all. It's our lead segment on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us once again from from Wanakee is pro angler Duffy Cuff. Well, Duffy, I almost said Madison, but it's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close, yep. yeah. So welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Cooler weather ought to help the fishing, I would think, no? Well, you know, the wiseman said that when the water starts cooling off, the bigger fish will be moving into the shallower water because that's where the big fish go this time of year. But I haven't found that to be true, that's for darn sure. <laughs> I'll be darned. Well, where have you been? I have been fishing Mendota because I'm a big fan of catching some of the big pike that are out there. You know, I've caught some fish, but the big ones have eluded me. Uh-huh. So I'm starting to wonder about my ability right now. <laughs> well, what are, what are you catching? Well, yesterday I was out and I, I caught three nice pike. The biggest one probably was about 35 inches. That's a nice pike. But it is. I'm looking for ones that are bigger than that. I, I appreciate the 35-inch pike. It was fun bringing it in. And I caught bass. But uh, wisdom would say they should be, you should be working the weed lines. Now, the thing that I have found out the last two days being out on the water is that the weed lines on Lake Mendota are very, very different than they normally are at this time of the year. Usually on that Middleton end, down on that west end down there, you usually have a pretty good weed edge down there. Usually between nine and eight and a half feet usually is the weed edge. Well, that doesn't really exist a whole lot this year, and the, and the weeds are very, very spotty, as they are on other ends down on that west, southwest corner, even over by second point. The weeds just are not very consistent, and they don't come very deep. If you go out of Marshall Park, and then you're going to the right, there's a bunch of sailboats that are still out there, and then I, I worked that weed edge today, and normally those weeds this time of year will be out as deep as 12 feet of water and they're just not there. Why that happened this year, a, a drought went into it because it's pretty wet out there to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I think the low, the low water, the water levels may disturb that. I don't know. I don't know enough about how those weeds should grow and everything. 
everything, but I, I know over the years the consistent good wheat edges down there on the west end of the lake, and then I did find some good wheat, not as consistent as normal and not as tall as normal or not going out in these deep of water over on Warner Bay. You know, I kind of hit the whole lake or areas that I fish along that whole lake, and Warner Bay probably had the best weeds that I came across. Okay. What are you catching, the few fish that you are getting, what are you catching them on? Well, I've been throwing spinner baits, which, you know, that's one of my forte uh, baits. And then uh, I have the, the JB Lures spoons that I throw, which are, are a little bit smaller spoons. And then I have those big, these actually are very old because Lindy doesn't make them anymore, but they used to make a big wide spoon, about six inches maybe. Mm. Wow. On and a real kind of a slow buckling action when they're in the water and they have been very very successful for me over the years it's, it's not going yet I, I'm hoping that a little bit more cold water coming in there because I, I got off Mendota today I mean beautiful day out here today uh, probably was uh, 62-63 degrees so Hopefully, hopefully getting under 60 degrees will uh, trip the trigger. Okay, well, we're talking to you on Wednesday afternoon to let people know, because they're thinking on Saturday, what beautiful day is he talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the weather's going to change later this week, and uh, uh, maybe that will cool the water temps down a little bit. Yeah, a lot of times it's, uh, we're supposed to, on uh, Saturday, get a, a significant amount of rain. So maybe that will spur them on. Maybe that's another factor that we haven't thought about, getting some fresh water in there and kind of rejuvenating their spirit. Yeah. Well, what are you hearing from other lakes? I haven't heard a whole lot. And in fact, Monday night I was at the Capital City Muskie meeting, and usually there's a lot of talk, and some of it's even true. <laughs> <laughs> but, boy, nobody was really talking about muskies at all. I mean, we were there for the guy that was in the presentation, and the president of the club asked for any big fish news or anything, and not a hand went up. So I don't know what the heck is going on. Although they did catch... In that big tournament that Capital City put on, they did catch, there were, uh, I think, three fish, three fish over 40 inches caught on that. They had 17 boats out there, so there were at least 34 guys out there fishing, and only three fish caught. But they were all over 40. Yeah. Well, those are good fish, but not a lot of success for 17 boats, my goodness. No. Anything from Wabisa or Kiganza? I haven't heard anything. I would think their consistency there for panfish, that probably has stayed pretty consistent. And I'm thinking weed edges again would be a good thing to look at. The thing I did notice on Mendota is off of Governor's Island and around in that area with the great underwater structure that's there, there were probably eight, nine boats out there, those guys fishing walleyes. Were they getting it? So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm racing past going to a, another spot, and I didn't really notice anybody hauling a man hand over fish, so... Okay. Well, anything from Lake Wisconsin or the river? I think the bite up there probably is picking up a little bit, just from past experience. I know one guy that goes up there on a pretty regular basis, and he hasn't really been chirping about anything. 
So I don't think any great catch is going, but I, again, I think the water level has got a lot to do with it. Yeah, it's been low, even with that rain we had. Well, gosh, this weekend, of course, is the pheasant opener for those folks who are hunting, and a lot of folks are deer hunting, but for some who still want to fish, what advice have you got? If you expect to catch a couple of fish in an hour, if you're going after the species that I go after, you might be barking up the wrong tree. But I would think uh, pan fishing should be good down on Wabisa. I think that the walleye bite can be on on any of the Madison lakes very early in the morning or going into the evening because this time of year they really, really become active in, in the low light situations. Just make sure that you are prepared to work different depths, I guess is what I'm trying to think there because you have to experiment a little bit. I would start out early in the morning fishing shallow and, and see if that produces anything and as the sun gets higher in the sky, you might want to be working yourself out into deeper water. All right. Well, Duffy, we will let you go, and thank you for that report as always. I hope you get out there and tie into one of those big toothy pike before the season ends. I'm sure you'll be after them again, and hopefully you'll get one in the boat. Well, hopefully more than one, Dan. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. All right. We'll see you. Yep. Duffy Cup with the Madison Report, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission Archery Retailer, on Highway 14 west of Arena and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission Archery Retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, we've got a full show this week, so let's get right to it. Coming up, Abby Heckman, Dementia Care Specialist for Juneau County, tells us about a cooperative program that gets senior men outside. It's called the Men's Shed, and it's held every month at the Outdoors Forever Club in Boston. I imagine a lot of hunters have experienced hunting loss. Well, I certainly have, and I decided to do something about it. Audiologist Dr. Laura Vinopal analyzes my recent hearing test and offers advice to help shooters protect what's left of their hearing. 
And we'll kick things off with John Chambers. He's public affairs manager for the American Sport Fishing Association. He'll tell us how we can support a proposed program to get more kids fishing the Great Lakes. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Cold temperatures are on the way. If you're a hunter, you want to stay out longer, no matter what the thermometer says. Arctic Shield, L&M Fleet Supply, and Outdoor News are teaming up to give away the best cold weather hunting gear in the industry. Between now and the end of October, you can win a full set of Arctic Shield Classic Elite Parka and Bibs. We'll give away two full sets per week in October. To enter, just click on the contest tab at OutdoorNews.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of unclouded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camel Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Joining me now is John Chambers. He's the Public Affairs Manager for the American Sport Fishing Association. They're based in Alexandria, Virginia, just across the Potomac from Washington, D.C., and their website is asafishing.org. I met John at the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Conference last month in Bemidji, and he joins us now to talk about a new venture that could help get many more young people into fishing. John, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thanks so much for having me on here, Dan. Well, before we talk about youth fishing, what is the American Sport Fishing Association? The American Sport Fishing Association is the trade association that represents the recreational fishing industry and community. So we look out for the interests of anglers and making sure that they have plenty of access to the water, fishery populations remain healthy and vital, and that um, we navigate them through various different commerce and tax issues to make sure that anglers can keep enjoying the sport they love for years to come. We actually just celebrated our 90th anniversary this year. For the past 90 years, we've been working in support of those advocacy issues, and we look forward to serving in the next 90 years should also mention as well, people probably know of us through ICAP, the trade show that we run in Orlando every year. So we do that, and then all of our advocacy work to ensure that the sport fishing industry can remain as strong in the future. All right. Now tell us about this Youth Coastal Fishing Program Act. The Youth Coastal Fishing Program Act is a bipartisan bill that's currently in Congress in both the House and the Senate. It was introduced in June by Representatives Maria Salazar from Florida and Sidney Kamwager-Dove from California, and in the Senate, Senators Roger Wicker from Mississippi and Maria Cantwell from Washington. So this is a bipartisan bill that would create a $2 million grant program within NOAA Fisheries to take children on fishing excursions or support projects that educate children on the importance of fishing, outdoor recreation, how to fish, just every really great aspect around our sport that we all love. This would authorize $2 million for each of the next five fiscal years for these projects that help take children fishing in coastal waters and in the Great Lakes, which is obviously very important to our fishing future. And it would also give priority to projects that served underserved communities. This is really important to just really making sure that fishing can be passed on to the next generation of anglers, as I'm sure your listeners probably experience themselves. The younger you go when you go fishing for the first time, the more likely you are to do so for the rest of your life. According to studies, 86% of anglers go fishing before the age of 12. And so this bill would help make sure that those anglers can keep going on the water and enjoy the sport. And the projects and programs that take them fishing can keep getting support for years to come. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Starting early and continuing, I think I would not have this lifelong addiction had I not been introduced as a toddler, barely three years old, and I've been doing it ever since. So how would this be implemented? The bill is still currently in the House and Senate. So first things first is we need it to pass and become a law. Then once it would be passed, it would be managed through NOAA Fisheries, and NOAA and the Secretary there would be identifying projects and nonprofits and groups to take kids on these fishing programs and then would make sure that they have the funding that they need to support these projects. And as far as what the funds would go towards, they can really go to anything from putting these trips on to help covering different costs associated with projects that take kids fishing. These include, you know, the rental of fishing equipment, fees associated with access to boat piers, costs 
making sure that guides can help support these projects, just really making sure that all aspects to it are covered and properly adhered to and make sure that people can keep going fishing. In addition to fishing, it also is going to tell go toward projects that educate kids on marine science and conservation and fishing regulations. It's really just looking to make sure that kids have the tools they need to go fishing for years to come and that they can enjoy it for years to come. You know, we hope to see it passed. And, you know, I should also mention as well that while other land management organizations around the country do have some programs that advance public participation in fishing, there really isn't one within NOAA. So this would really be a first for the administration to do, and we really hope to see it passed later this Congress. Well, John, here in the Great Lakes, there are a lot of organizations that support fishing and that take people fishing. Would they be able to apply for grants then under this program? Yes. Organizations that have any real fishing component within the Great Lakes, since it is Great Lakes and coastal waters, can apply for grants once this bill passes. But nothing happens until this becomes law, you mentioned. Uh, What can we do? Absolutely. I'm really glad you asked that. Right now it's sitting in the House and Senate, and we really need more co-sponsors in both so that we can get this over the hurdle. And what we're looking to do for that and what we can do for that and offer to your listeners is that they visit our website, asafishing.org, and under our advocacy portal on the website, we have an action alert system and an action center where your listeners can send messages directly to their members of Congress, their senators, their representatives, and tell them to support this important program. We run this through our Keep America Fishing arm, and you can directly send a message. The program itself will make sure that it's going to the right members that can hear from you. And, you know, the more that we get and the more that your listeners can get involved and send these messages, the more likely this is to have passing. I should also add as well on our website, the webpage that we have dedicated to this program, it's asafishing.org slash support-youth-fishing-programs, they can look at this toolkit that we built that gives them the tools to succeed and make sure that they know everything that's in the bill and work with us on either collaborative social media posts or sending letters to the editor of local papers just to really emphasize how important that this bill is. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing that information. I am going to send a letter myself, and I encourage listeners to do that. It looks like a win-win for fishing and for young people and for continuing the sport here in the Great Lakes and across the nation. Awesome. Love to hear that. And thank you for your support of this bill, Dan, and thanks for having me on the show. Hope your listeners weigh in and want to get us some help in making sure that kids have plenty of time on the water. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. Our pleasure. That was John Chambers. He is the public affairs manager for the American Sport Fishing Association in Virginia. As we mentioned, their website where you can learn all about this program and lend your voice of support for it as well is asafishing.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio. Online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking now with Laura Vinopal, 
She's a doctor of audiology and the owner of Professional Hearing Care, LLC, located in Mauston, Wisconsin, and there are offices as well in La Crosse, Westby, and Fitchburg. Well, Dr. Vinopal, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thank you for having me. I want to talk to you about hearing loss and noise protection for firearm users. Before we get into that, tell me about your practice. Ten years ago, I started it. We started off small, and then I expanded to the Viroqua area in West Bay, and then on to La Crosse, and now we're located in Madison, our Fitchburg area. My main focus was to treat patients, obviously, with hearing loss. And another core focus that we have is educating our patients about the medical treatment of hearing loss. And I think you got to experience some of that the other day. Yes, I did. I met with your associate, Dr. Rachel Barrett, in the Westby office. She gave me a hearing exam, and she confirmed what I already knew, that I have, I don't know, would you call that severe hearing loss? You've seen my test results. Yes. You have the most common type of hearing loss. You have a high-frequency hearing loss. That's the most common type of hearing loss that we experience for two reasons. One is due to noise, which I know we are going to talk about with, in particular, firearm use, but there's other ways our ears get noise, you know, whether it's heavy equipment, loud music, a lot of various different ways. And the secondary is as we age, we call it presbycusis, our high frequencies are the first to deteriorate. So typically our patients, our number one complaint is, I can hear, but I have difficulties understanding speech, especially in background noise. So that's our hardest patient to help counsel because they come to us and they say, well, I can hear, I just can't understand. <laughs> and why that occurs, and Dan's laughing because he probably can relate to that, but because of those high frequencies being diminished, that's where our consonants are. So speech will sound muffled or people aren't enunciating. That's a very, very normal thing to experience. Is that the case for you, Dan? Oh, yes. I was on my high school rifle team back in the 1960s, and we did not know about hearing protection. We shot in a concrete basement with no hearing protection, with 22 caliber uh, rifles. Yeah, that's probably where my hearing problems started. I'm older now, and the hearing has continued to decline. Do you see any other issues or pathology, I guess I would say, with the test results that she had? Both of the ears are symmetrical. The ears age together. They likely got exposed to noise together, so that's a good thing we look at for a medical standpoint. The other thing is is that your word understanding is at 90%. So Dan sat in a booth and was given words to repeat through a recording, but when he was put in noise, so you had to listen to some words, and like some babble sounding, and then you had to pull out the whole sentence. Yeah. You did have some difficulty with that, which is normal with your hearing loss. And also, you know, as we age, that becomes more challenging. If you ever go to a busy restaurant, maybe a Friday night fish fry, what's always interesting, if you sit next to a child, maybe a 10-year-old child, the older you get, even in background noise, the harder it is to understand. So a child can pull out those words easier, even if they're both normal hearing. That just happens over time. 
the other thing is we know that hearing loss is the most modifiable risk factor for cognitive decline. So we want to test that to make sure that once we start treating hearing loss, we want to know we're doing our part, slow down the progression if we can. Actually, Dan, you did a good job with scores in three areas. The one big one that we look at is memory, and you scored good in there. So we want to make sure he maintains this, this, these good scores. Well, there are all kinds of questions I have, and I'm sure some listeners do as well. First of all, can hearing loss be reversed? It's a progressive degenerative disorder. There are types of hearing loss that are in medically treatable. So you may have a child and somewhere in life that maybe had tubes put in their ears or you've heard of people had surgeries. There are types that are what we call conductive hearing losses that can be treatable. But the type of hearing loss that is the most common and the kind that you have, Dan, is called a sensory neural hearing loss. So it's in the hearing nerve. And those are not reversible. But again, we want to slow the progression. So what we want to do is keep it stimulated and make sure it, it doesn't get any worse. Okay. What can someone like me do who's been shooting for a lifetime and has a hearing loss now? Yeah, you definitely want to protect it for sure. What will happen is if you don't protect it, the high frequencies will get worse and you already have it some in the mid-frequencies, and it'll start to move to the low frequencies. So essentially, it just continues to get worse at a faster rate. So what can you do is anytime you're exposed to loud noise, lawn mowing, chainsaws, you can look up you know, lots of different things on the Internet to show you um, sound level ratings. Of course, you can never overprotect your ears. You can't overdo it. Okay. You mentioned cognitive decline, so if I understand correctly, uh, we want to protect our hearing, but we also are at risk of losing mental function if, if our hearing keeps getting worse or if we don't protect it, right? Right. That it's not like if we treat hearing loss, that's the only thing. There are risk factors associated with cognitive decline. Hearing loss is the number one most modifiable risk factor. And there's things that were out of our control, like genetics, a whole bunch of things that I just don't want to put out the statement that if you treat hearing loss, then for sure you're not going to get dementia because that's not the case. We just know that your risk of it is a two to 500% more if you don't treat your hearing loss. And so there's other things that help to write like exercise, good diet, but of course where my expertise is treating the hearing loss. Well, what about new shooters? What do you advise to people who have just started, maybe they just joined a shooting club or they just took up hunting or they're going to go hunting for the first time this year? Same advice, protect what you have. When you purchase your protection, they will all have an NRR on it. So that's noise reduction rating. And so the higher the noise reduction rating, the more attenuation you will get. You can get everything from over the ear to the foam roll-ups to custom products. The other thing we hear common from hunters, I grew up in a hunting family, is of course you want to hear still what's going on around you. 
So there are devices that you can get with filters in them that filter out the dangerous stuff, but will still allow you to hear like trees rustling and things like that. So there's so many options out there. Now, is there a difference between hearing loss due to exposure to loud noises and that due to aging? They tend to present in the same way. But most often, if it's a lot of noise exposure, we can see a, a development on the audiogram that's called a noise notch. So if it's your first time that's starting to show up, sometimes it'll just appear like a little notch on the hearing test. So what I'm describing, I'm sure Dan, you saw it with Dr. Rachel, is that there's a graph that goes from soft sounds to loud sounds and then low pitches to high pitches. So you might have normal hearing and then it just kind of has what it truly looks like a notch. That's the early development of some noise exposure that we start to see it. Where, Dan, if you remember yours, it kind of looks like a slope going down. Yeah. That's years, right? Yeah. So if we would have tested you maybe when you're 20, who knows, but we would have saw maybe just like a little notch. Sometimes it presents that way, like, okay, it's starting. And so if we see that, we can definitely heavily counsel, which we want to anyway. It's starting to appear you really want to take care of it and make sure you do protect your ears. We do recommend getting a baseline or at least knowing where your hearing is. If we had one earlier that we had like on a routine or regular basis, then we could actually see what is the progression. So, Dan, if you continue with us, one of the protocols that we'll be conducting is you on a minimum annually, what is it actually doing? Is it staying the same? Is it getting worse? And if, Dan, you do decide to treat your hearing loss, your prescriptions will be changing with your hearing. Got it. Okay. To wrap this up then, for a shooter or someone in my situation who's both a shooter and an older citizen, what's your recommendation? Protect your hearing, I guess, right? Protect your hearing, yes. It's never too late. You know, I've had patients that come in, they go, gosh, I'm too old, my damage is already done. That's not the case. There will be the aging process. We cannot control that. But we do want to protect as much as we can. I didn't describe that, but in your ear, we have inside what we call cochlea, and there's hair cells in there. What actually happens with noise exposure, those hair cells get sheared off and they do not grow back. You don't want any more of those hair cells to diminish. Got it. So protect your hearing, and for someone who's never had a hearing test, maybe it's a good idea to establish a baseline then. Yes, and of course, once we do have hearing loss, obviously the earlier we treat it, the better the outcomes are. Let's talk a little bit about tinnitus. I have a constant ringing in my ears that I've lived with for many years. It's not loud, but it's there. Yep. One of the biggest symptoms of hearing loss is tinnitus. Our ears are a mechanism to get it up to our brain. And our brain is what makes sense of the sound, right? And that is why hearing loss is a modifiable risk factor. Think of it like exercise. If you don't exercise your bicep muscle, it gets weakened, right? Mm -hmm. When we stop giving our brain the correct information, for lack of better terms, our brain actually rewires itself. The brain is looking for this 
sound, it is not receiving it. And the best analogy I can give someone is a phantom limb. When you have an amputee that reports, gosh, my leg itches, there's nothing there, it's trying to look for that information. Once we start treating the, the hearing loss, the brain receives that information and the success rate of just treating your hearing loss alone is about 80% that tinnitus improves. There is no cure for it, though. I want to be clear on that. But there are treatment options for it. Very good. Now, people who have looked into hearing aids know that some of them cost hundreds of dollars, some of them cost thousands of dollars. What's the difference? Yeah, great question. When we're treating hearing loss, we're treating a medical condition. So the one thing we want to make sure is that they are prescribed for your hearing. The main thing there is for your safety. If it's not prescribed for your hearing, you could actually cause more damage also because just like what we're talking about firearm use, when the ear is exposed to loud sounds, it can obviously cause damage. So when we're dealing with hearing aids, they are programmed specifically for your hearing loss. That's the only thing we're going to fit at our office. You'll see things on the market that are basically amplifiers, so they're going to amplify everything, say like a fork on a plate and the speech. So like let's use Dan's hearing test for an example. We talked about how he has normal low pitches but has a high-frequency hearing loss. What that means is, is that we only need to give him amplification in that speech clarity region. So we don't have to give him amplifications in the low pitches. That's about one-quarter of the treatment process, I always say. The other three-quarters is the counseling, what to expect, what's normal, what's not. The adjustment period or acclimatization, the maintenance, the care that needs to go behind the scenes with the devices, and of course, to make sure we're taking the proper measurements along the way, because we already discussed it's a progressive degenerative disorder, so we want to make sure we're treating the hearing loss effectively through your journey. All of that is all-encompassing when you're talking about cost of hearing aid. People sometimes think when I'm purchasing a hearing aid, it's just the gadget. It's all of that behind the scenes, too, that's going on. Got it. What do you think of hearing protection devices that allow you to hear speech but then shut off when there's a loud report like a gunshot? The biggest thing is that you want to make sure the action time on it is fast enough because say a firearm goes off, it hits the ear before our brain recognizes it. Some of the devices of past codes and testing on, on that reaction time and some have not. So the big thing is you want to do your research. The best ear protection, I will say, is something without electronics in it. Because of any time you have electronics, the fear is that the electronic won't be able to shut it down fast enough. Well, Dr. Venopal, thank you so much for sharing this information. And I know I've got something I need to deal with. And I suspect some of my listeners, if they can hear what we're saying, uh, they have the <laughs> same issues. And uh, we appreciate your help. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Glad to be a part of it. Dr. Laura Vinopol is a doctor of audiology and the owner of Professional Hearing Care, LLC, 
They're located in Mauston, Wisconsin, with offices in La Crosse, Westby, and Fitchburg. You can find them on the web as well at profhearingcare.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at RemyBattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. For the nonprofit Rough Grouse Society, the well-being of the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. 
LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Juneau County offers four seasons of outdoor recreation, including fishing on two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes and hunting on thousands of acres of public land, along with many miles of river, hiking and biking trails, and much more. You can learn all about activities in Juneau County at castlerock-petenwell.com. Joining us now is Abby Heckman. She's a dementia care specialist at ADRC, that is the Aging and Disability Resource Center of Juneau County. ADRC, the Juneau County Land and Water Department, and Outdoors Forever Conservation Club all work together to put something together called the Men's Shed, and that's why we're talking to Abby today. Abby, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. What is the Men's Shed? The Men's Shed, specifically here in Juneau County, is designed to provide a safe place for men 60 and better to gather, share in like interests, have a socialization time, make new connections and friendships. So the primary premise is to bring folks together. We don't turn anyone away. We do have women who attend. We have folks from out of county who attend. But the idea of creating a men's shed here in Juneau County was that we really wanted to take stake in the men's shed movement, which has been around for the last 20 or 30 years. And essentially, the concept of is bringing men together, have this shoulder-to-shoulder approach, meaning connecting men with each other, whether that's through activities, educational sessions, things like that. I like the fact that you said 60 or better, because often we hear 60 or older, and I'm 60 or better, (laughs) as are many of your participants. So talk a little bit about the Men's Shed movement. I'm not familiar with it. Every shed has the same core values, bringing men together, offering that safe place, combating isolation, especially coming out of COVID (laughs) and things like that where so many of us were isolated, and to also allow them to make those connections with others in their community in hopes that there are connections and past just those men's shed events. And so many men's shed are structured in the way of like they can be shop oriented so like woodworking things like that some are tailored to where there are educational components like learning how to cook here in Juneau County one of the things that we really wanted to focus on was bringing in and highlighting all the local talent that we already have bringing awareness to our local talent educating how many remarkable people we have here in Juneau County and so every month we have a speaker that comes and provides an overview of of their topic. Oftentimes they bring samples or have displays. So it's been a really unique and awesome experience over the last year to just really understand how many amazing people we have here in Juneau County. So you're just a year old as far as the formal men's shed in Juneau County is concerned. Yep, so we had our kickoff event last August, so we just celebrated our one-year anniversary. But through that last year, it's just been amazing to see the growth. Just through our shed alone, we started off with about 20 to 25 attendees normally, and now we're averaging 45. 
And while I don't necessarily always think numbers are important, I think kind of in this situation, numbers do speak for themselves in terms of how many folks attend and how many people want and are looking for that connection here in Juneau County. And I can say that through these monthly gatherings, I know of many friendships that have gone past the monthly gatherings where people are getting together and going and doing things. It's really showing that folks are looking for making new connections. It's never too late to start meeting new people. Now, I told you before we started recording uh, that I'm pretty active, even though I'm in that age group. Are you finding a lot of men of my generation are isolated? Yes. Women tend to be more maybe outgoing, going to get coffee, going to go shopping, where it's hard in a rural community when there is not specifically a lot of things that are offered for men. We've gotten a little bit of kickback for having a men's shed and been asked, when are you going to create a women's shed? And maybe down the road we will, but it has just proven itself that attendees are bringing other friends and partners and wives are saying, you need to go to this. And so through the last year, I would definitely say that the vocalization of our attendees has definitely paid a lot to the reason that we have been successful in growing in our numbers. We've had a lot of great people be champions for us and advocate that this is a good group, you know, inviting more people, dragging people along to come. And one of the things that I think makes us a little bit more unique too is we always share in a meal together. Uh, it didn't always start out that way. It was kind of snacks and it kind of progressed into a light meal after our educational component. And just being able to witness and hear and see all the connections that these attendees have by just sharing a meal together and the laughter that's derived from these conversations is incredible. And so um, I think that that's one of our specializations, too, is that we offer not only the educational learning component, but we're offering this time where people can just sit and connect and have conversation. What are some of the meeting topics you featured? This year, I can read off a few. We've learned about shed hunting. A couple of local individuals who are pretty well known for teaching about shed hunting, what to look for when you're shed hunting. We've learned about monarch butterflies and made milkweed seed bombs. One of our largest turnouts was we had a big toy and car show. Attendees really wanted to have an opportunity to break out that vintage car, vintage piece of equipment. So we've done that. We just this past month for September had a local fourth-generation cranberry farmer come and provide an overview of their harvest and just their whole operation. So that, that's just a few, but we have many, many more that have been exceptional. And when and where do you actually meet? We meet the fourth Tuesday of every month at the Outdoors Forever Conservation Club on County Road N in Mauston from 10 a.m. to noon. Attendees come. We offer coffee. They mingle a little bit. We start the educational component and then move into that light meal. And so sometimes it goes over noon, and that's great. You know, people are still connecting and things like that. But uh, the time slot specifically, it, we, we suggest is 10 to noon. Okay, so your next meeting then would be October 24th, right? Correct, yep. Do you have a topic for that one? We do. Our local brewery, Gravity Box Brewing Company, is going to come and discuss their operations, I, I think, <laughs> provide an overview on how they make such good beer. 
many of the attendees are excited for that. We very much, from the start of this whole process and starting the kickoff for the Men's Shed, have very much included uh, topics that attendees have wanted to hear about. And so whether that's names or local companies and things like that. And so this month was the guys wanted to learn about beer. <laughs> so pretty fitting, I guess, for Wisconsin. Yes, and October as well. And I would imagine there will be some samples there? No, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. No. But a good segue is that after the Men's Shed event, they can certainly go down to the brewing company and have some socialization and connect together, maybe over a beer after that. Very good. So how can people learn more? Uh, there's a Facebook page, right? Is that the Outdoors Forever Facebook page? Outdoors Forever does have a Facebook page. They share all the information that we post here at the Aging and Disability Resource Center about the men's shed. So if folks want to look at the Juneau County Aging and Disability Resource Center Facebook page, they can do that, or they can contact us here at the ADRC to receive more information or ask questions or to get registered for an upcoming event. We do very highly request registration uh, partially due to like headcount, but then also to account for food. And also we provide transportation free of charge to this event. And so it, it's very helpful for us to know that those, those needs up front. So if folks want to register or have more questions, they can contact us here at the ADRC at 608-847-9371. All right. Well, Abby, thanks so much for sharing this information. It sounds like a very valuable program that you have going, and I guess it's growing if you've really increased in number, as you say you have, in, in the, just a year. So I hope it continues to grow, and I hope a lot more older guys and, and women as well decide to participate. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Abby Heckman is Dementia Care Specialist at ADRC in Juneau County, and we've been talking about the Men's Shed, which is held every fourth Tuesday of the month from 10 a.m. to noon at the Outdoors Forever Clubhouse in Boston. You can learn more on their Facebook page, Outdoors Forever. You can also contact Abby at the ADRC office. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nacita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Cold temperatures are on the way. If you're a hunter, you want to stay out longer, no matter what the thermometer says. Arctic Shield, LM Fleet Supply, and Outdoor News are teaming up to give away the best cold weather hunting gear in the industry. Between now and the end of October, you can win a full set of Arctic Shield Classic Elite Parka and Bibs, 
We'll give away two full sets per week in October. To enter, just click on the contest tab at OutdoorNews.com. Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RUFF. RGS. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. They're having a big sale on pontoons and pre-owned boats now, and they still have room if you're looking for winter storage space for your boat. Check the website for details. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camo wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com. By Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of our show and of duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. By the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. If our TV show Outdoor Wisconsin is not airing where you live, you can watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And the Deer Hunt Wisconsin show from the last several years is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. And if you missed anything on this show you want to listen again, you can always catch us online at lake-link.com slash radio. We're also available as a podcast on the Outdoor News website, outdoornews.com. And you can find Jeff on social media at Hardwater Jeff and find me at Dan Small Outdoors. Pheasant season opens this weekend, and if you plan to go, have a safe hunt and watch for other hunters on public lands. There's room enough for everyone and plenty of stocked birds. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will be back next week. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. When the cool light of evening swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing on one cold leg when the loon cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home It's a little chilly on the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure
we can, honey. 